It's Wednesday of the fourth week of Lent. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. The Roman station today is St. Paul's outside the walls. St. Paul, a Roman citizen, could not be crucified. He was beheaded near Rome on the road that goes to the port city of Ostia at a place called Three Fountains, about two miles to the south of the center of Rome. His humble tomb swiftly became the site of a shrine and then a basilica built by Constantine the Emperor in the 4th century. There was a mile-long covered portico or walkway from the edge of the city out to the basilica to help pilgrims make the trip more easily. The basilica was sacked by the Saracens in the ninth century and rebuilt. Gregory VII, Hildebrand, added the massive bronze doors, and later it would be decorated with great mosaics and a ciborium over the altar by Arnolfo di Cambio in 1285. On the 15th of July in 1823, the basilica burned from the façade to the triumphal arch within. Some workmen had left embers from a fire on the roof. Gregory XVI made an appeal to the whole world to help with the rebuilding of the place because, essentially, the church was broke. Gifts and money came in from around the world, including the alabaster windows sent from Egypt and the malachite for the altars from the Tsar of Russia. It was rebuilt in the style of the earlier basilica. The portico in front was completed in 1928. During the year dedicated to St. Paul, 2008 to 2009, archaeologists found the marble sarcophagus of the Apostle beneath the main altar. In the tomb were bone fragments dating to the first century and remains of cloth of purple, the imperial color with gold threads, very like the cloth that was found to have been wrapped around St. Peter's bones, discovered in the place archaeologists excavated under St. Peter's Basilica during the reign of Pius XII. Today, visiting St. Paul's, you can now view through an opening the side of St. Paul's tomb. In ancient times, catechumens would be called by name to come forward where the priest would put salt in their mouths, which is still part of the traditional form of baptism. Then they had to leave the church. When they were summoned in again during Mass, they knelt as a cross was traced on their foreheads by their sponsors. This was repeated three times. Before the Gospel, they had the epfata, or ears-opening ritual, to open the catechumens up to receive the spiritual message of the word. The creed was sung in Greek and Latin, while an acolyte held a hand over their heads, and they were taught the Our Father for the first time. Then they were sent away before the sacrificial part of Mass began. As we move through Passion Tide towards Easter, try to recapture something of the spirit of a catechumen.
We have this queer combination of divine powerlessness in two verses of the Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, and in Jesus Christ who suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified. In the first instance, we have power. In the second instance, we have apparent powerlessness. The powerlessness of the cross is no bogus promise to historical success. Therefore, on the cross, Jesus' enemies sneered, Come down, and we will believe. The test of power was the overcoming of the enemy who had nailed him. If he came down, he never would have saved us. Fulton Sheen, 1899-1900